0: shared my faith at work uh at work they always call me jesus freak they say oh ray what are you doing after after work oh he's going to church you know which i'm okay with Uh, i have a friend there that i've known for quite a while and she tells me you know she has everything that she can think of she has uh she has money saved up so whatever she needs to get she can get she has a boyfriend that will give her anything you know she has family she has but she's not happy at all like she's just not happy i tell her i was like you know what you need and she's like oh here it goes what do you need what do i need and i tell her i said you know you need a relationship with jesus you know and she's like well i mean i go to church and i pray and it doesn't help i said but do you read the bible do you have a relationship with jesus and she goes no that's what you need and then we go back and forth and i tell her everything and then it always ends up saying how do we always end up about talking about god we're talking about me I was like but that's what you need. I mean, I, and I tell her that I believe that everybody has it in their heart—a longing to know who created them, Jesus or God—and they want to know and feel the love that Jesus has for us. And I tell her that's what you're looking for. And then she always gets mad, and she's like, "But I still don't get how come we always end up talking about God. This is about me." I said, "Right. This is about you. This is what you need." And she's very, very hard-headed. She's very stubborn. And, but I, I keep talking to her, but it, she always ends up getting mad. And then she's like, you know what, I'm done, I'm done. And then she just stops talking to me for about a big day. And then she continues talking to me again. And then eventually it'll go down. And But uh with that, little praise report that she actually finally said, okay, fine, fine. Give me a Bible and maybe I'll read it. So, but I mean, she's, in the beginning, like Pastor Richie told me to tell you guys about a time where she, you know, about a time that it kind of blew up in my face, which it kind of did because a lot of times when I first started at work, they would always be like, oh, hey, Ray, you're a Christian, right? What do you think about this? And i tell them, they go, oh, okay, you know, no big deal. They just, it's cool. Uh, she, I tell her, and she's, she gets mad, and she's like, I don't know how, why you always do this, Ray, and then she just, <laughs> so there you go.
1: I have a little video clip I want to show you before we.
2: I deserve to know you, but I, am a witness that you did this, and I'm brand new, so, so I, am ready to go, go. and I'ma tell the world what they need to know, no. a slave to myself, but you let me go. go, I tried getting high, but it left me low, huh. you did what they could never do, you cleaned up my soul, and gave me life, I'm so brand new, and that's all that matters, I, I, ain't love you first, nah. but nah. you first love me, hey. Greeding, what is a man, huh, That you mindful of him. What and what do I have to deserve His love is yes. So unconditional, like it butterflies in my stomach. I got the old me in the rear view got a new me, got a clear view. I was so dead, I couldn't hear you. Too deep in sin to come near you, but you drew me in, you cleaned me up, to take me home. Before you do, just let me tell the truth And let these folks know that I done seen your love And it's everlasting, infinite It goes on and on, you can't measure it Can't quench your love, they can't separate us from the love of God There's no estimate My face looked the same, my frame rearranged But I've changed, The promise ain't the same Your love so deep, you suffered and took pain You died on the cross to give me a new name Ain't nothing like I seen before, I got a beam and glory I was low down and dirty, but you clean me, Lord You adopted me, you keep rocking me I'ma tell the world, and ain't nobody stopping me Trying to make the
1: that's a that's a uh, lecrae represents a a a, um, a new breed of of christian rap artists that are theologically correct yeah these brothers are theologians now they're not just saying i'm gonna squish the devil's head and squirt it like a grape no they're singing (laughs) a you know like first generation rap was kind of like you know like that it was like okay i don't think that's really you could do that but that's all right that's all right it was a great start but they picked off where those brothers left off and now these guys these 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 guys they're theologically correct and so yeah that's a good thing turn your bibles to genesis chapter 20 if you would genesis chapter 20 amen lord jesus that you would you would bless the going forth of your word even as you've already blessed us with worship and and um uh, fellowship and and god that that uh, uh that you heard our prayers you would continue to and that you would speak by your spirit in jesus name everyone said amen amen um The message tonight is titled, Sarah, My Sister, Part 2. Sarah, My Sister, Part 2. There is no good man. There is no good man. There might be some men that have some moral virtues and have some aspects of their life that are good, but there is no good man. No matter how far um, we may be in Christ, in and of ourselves and left by ourselves, there is no good man. Um, anything that that's good that comes from us is from God. Um, Abraham, as we've been studying his life, is probably, if you think about it, he's like one of the most influential men ever. I mean, where do you rank Abraham with like Moses or David, uh, King Solomon, the Apostle Paul? I mean Dave, like, like like Abraham, because he was like the first, Okay, Adam, he's up there, right? He's got to be. He's the first. So, But Abraham's not far. He's the top five, right? Yeah, he's definitely top five uh, of, of guys ever, right? I mean, you know, Moses, David, Paul, uh, he's God's man on earth, okay? He is, he is the covenant representative, the covenant, not the covenant representative, but the covenant man. He is a covenant representative of God, but he's still a man. He's the father of the faith, right? But he's still a man. He is the the man of the spirit, the man of vision, the man who's in communion with God, but he's still a man. He leaves his family. He leaves his home. He leaves his comfortable surroundings. He rescues Lot from Sodom. He refuses the gifts that the king of Sodom wants to give him. Uh, He receives God's promise uh, of an heir Uh, again and again. He intercedes for Lot uh, when Lot was living in Sodom, and yet he's still a man. Now, he was a man that was greatly used by God, right? I mean, greatly used, top five, probably. Maybe the second or third, No, you know, he's your he's top three picks. He, he's a first-round draft choice. You know, you're know going to pass him to the second or third round. That's, that's him. But he's still a man, okay? And as we saw last week, as a result of Lot's decision to live in Sodom, It caused him, on the other hand, to lose everything. Uh, His daughters had sons out of a a relationship uh, that was an incestuous relationship, and they bore sons who would be the perpetual enemies to the people of God. Abraham saw those cities destroyed, no doubt, and knew that God couldn't find ten righteous people. Because you remember how Abraham was negotiating with God and saying, God, would you destroy the city if there are 50 or or 45 or 40 or 30 or even ten righteous people? And the Lord said, I wouldn't destroy the city. If I find ten righteous people in that city, I would not destroy it. Uh, But they weren't there. Um, But God delivered Lot. God delivered Lot. And God delivered Lot because of Abraham. Look at chapter nineteen, verse twenty-nine. It says, "Thus it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when He overthrew the cities in which Lot lived." And I think, I think that there's a place of intercession that Abraham had. There's a place of of of, of talking to God and praying to God where where God was was fulfilling those things that Abraham was praying. Uh, you know, Abraham uh, was in covenant relationship with God, and because of that, God spared Lot. And it makes me think, you know, if we if we get serious about praying for others, I mean, really, that maybe God will spare those because of us. Not because we're great, but because God will speak, will hear our prayers and and move on behalf of what we say, which is an amazing thing to think about, that God will actually listen to us and according to his will, do the things that we even ask and that we even pray. Well, uh, chapter 20, Sarah, my sister, part two. J.K. Chesterton said, We make our friends and our enemies, but God appoints our next-door neighbor. Someone has defined a neighbor as a person who can get into your house in a minute, but it takes two hours to get them out. That's a friend. That's a neighbor. You know, neighbors can be a a real source of blessing, can't they? Proverbs 27.10 says, Better is a neighbor that is near than a brother that is what? Far off. You know, neighbors can also be a pain as well. They can be a blessing or they can be a pain. And, And sometimes it turns out that we might be a pain to our neighbors. Look at chapter 20, verse 1. It says, Now Abraham journeyed from there toward the land of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. Then he sojourned in Gerar. Okay, verse 2. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. If you've been with us for a number of, probably months at this point, you remember this story. You might have read this and thought, wait a minute, didn't we, didn't we, didn't he already do that? Okay, she is my sister. Now, now, here's why that happened, is when you're traveling, uh, and, and you have to remember that Abraham was a powerful man, he was an influential man, and back in those days, every sheik had his harem. He had, you know, the most beautiful women around him. Abraham has at least two at this point, right? And Sarah, as we've seen uh, in earlier scripture, was beautiful. Okay, now she's getting up there in age. She's around 90 years old. Okay, and this is what uh, Morris, the Bible commentator, says. We should not ignore the idea of Sarah's attractiveness even in old age she had in some measure been physically rejuvenated in order to conceive, bear, and nurse Isaac, and possibly this manifested itself in renewed beauty as well. And, and what he's saying is is that though she was up there in years, you know, 80, 88, 89, 90, she was still fine, right? Because remember, she was barren. <laughs> she was unable to have children, and so the Lord restored her womb and 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 this commentator says and, and her beauty may have been restored to i don't know but you know hey you know abraham is walking through this this gerar and and, and people are still checking out sarah and, and so so it's the same lie from genesis chapter 12 okay we're now in. isn't it great when you can just fast forward and go back in someone's life and you can read about their successes and your and their failures and and, and it's easy for us to do right Well, I wonder if Abraham's in heaven going, no, man, I've been watching you, man. Let's go back and forth in your life. So we're not throwing a stone. We want to learn from this. But it's the same lie of Genesis chapter 12, some 20 to 25 years ago. Okay? 20 to 25 years ago. Listen, it's easy to slip back, isn't it? It's easy to fall. We call it, uh, uh, we fall back into maybe what once was. Instead of trusting in God to keep his family together, uh, he devises his own plans. Getting older in the Lord doesn't automatically keep us from repeating past mistakes. Getting older in the Lord doesn't automatically keep us from repeating past mistakes. Because if we aren't yielded to the Spirit, we can repeat the same things from 20 and 25 years ago, even though we are that much older in the Lord. If we stumble in a particular sin uh, before, you know what? Our flesh is very susceptible of picking up that sin right where we left off. And so here Abraham does it again. And you also know that you have an enemy of your soul. You know that you have a bullseye on your back. And when you give your life to Christ and you choose to live for him, you definitely have a bullseye on your back. And 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 if if. If he knows your past, which which his demonic forces do, he knows what used to trip you up and what used to cause you to stumble, he will more than oblige that situation or that circumstance again so that you might stumble and fall in an area in your past. And so the question is, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You ever wonder how someone got so far away? So far down, so deep in sin, you ever wonder how someone who was who was running the race, someone you knew, they were running the race, they were running it, and, and maybe you they ran alongside you and and then all of a sudden, maybe maybe they sort of disconnect and this is what we do. we, we disconnect from the people of God, we, we disconnect from fellowship and, and 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 all of a sudden we start to wander away. Jesus said, "All men, all men like sheep, Uh, uh, they wander. All all of us. Um, And you know how it starts off? Starts off with a very small, with with a small step. I've told you my story. Uh, My my cousin and and, and her daughter were in town, uh, my my uh, on my father's side, and 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 she sent me some pictures. You know, my dad served in Vietnam and in Korea." And I mean, when he was in Korea, he was like 18, like probably 19, maybe 20 years old at most. And, and that's almost like the youngest pictures I've seen of my dad in Korea with his brother who was who was like, you do not want to mess with Uncle B.B. Uncle B.B. would take you out and, and go have a hamburger and not even think twice about it, right? But there's a picture of, of both of them with another guy on the side, and um, and man, he's young, he's... He, 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 looks, he looks 15, my dad does. He looks 15. And I look at that picture, and I wonder, how did he go from that young, innocent man to at 42 years old dying of alcoholism? You know how he did it? One drink at a time. One drink at a time. Starts off small. It's a temptation that, that we just leave unchecked. It's just a little bitterness towards someone. It's a small compromise in an area that we know we shouldn't be compromising in. Ecclesiastes says it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. A little leaven, Jesus says, or Paul says, leavens the whole lump. It's like weeds in your yard. Now, isn't it nice to have all this rain? No. Yes and no. It's nice to have all this rain. It's not nice to have all this rain because things are germinating, you know. And if you don't get out there and get them seeds and, and get them weeds, and, and, well, we don't have grass in our backyard. We did in the front eventually. My son pestered me so much. We, he started digging trenches. I felt guilty. All right, let's do this, right. But I tell you, if you don't get to those, those, that, that, those weeds and get them out of there, man, you're going to wish you did. It's 100 a, a degrees and, and them things will sprout like, like, I don't know what, like a beanstalk. Yeah, but you have to get to them. Um, you know, listen, this is no big deal, or I'm not hurting anybody. This is my life, and I, this is this is about me, and and no one, you know, no one has to try to judge me. Or hey, hey, that's how it starts. Somebody said this about Abraham: Why would one who has lived in the presence of the Lord leave his high place of communion for the lowlands of self-will? Here's a reminder, and there's, I've, I've got a couple of reminders for us as we, as we see that Abraham is, is gone back to what he's done before after all that he's seen and experienced. You know, we never really know what's in our heart until circumstances bring it out. Isn't that true? We never really know what's in our heart until circumstances bring it out. Remember Peter? Peter boasted that he would never deny the Lord. He boasted until the circumstances came, and he did, not only once, but three times, because he made the critical mistake of relying on his own strength and not the Lord's ability to sustain him. And that which he boasted in is that thing that he fell in. Be careful what you boast in, because it may be the thing you fall in. We never really know what's in our heart until, until circumstances bring it out. Secondly, we tend to worship people that really get it, don't we? Well, we tend to do that. because. I, I, why did God put this story in here? Why does the Bible say the things that it says about people, about the prophets, and, and about, about these great men and women of God? You know what? We tend to worship people that really get it. Because it's easy to put our faith in someone else's faith. It's easy to put our faith in the church. It's easy to put our faith in, but our faith needs to be in the Lord and him alone. Why else did the Lord bother to put this in here? Maybe that we might be comforted in knowing that we're not the only ones. You read about the life of Abraham and you think, man, that guy, that guy's a a spiritual powerhouse. And he was, but he was just a man. And we might be comforted in knowing that, you know what, Even Abraham had some of the same struggles that I have. That's amazing. Maybe the Lord put this in here to show us that no one's above sinning. No one's above sinning. See, a lot of times people can change on the outside, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they change on the inside. See, people can get religious, and that can, on the outside, create a whole bunch of change. And I guess that's admirable, but religion won't sustain you. People all of a sudden connect with a, a, a religious group, and, and they get excited about, about being in that group and being accepted and, and following the precepts and the principles and the rules and the regulations of that group. And in doing that, they think they're connected with God until they recognize something. Man, I'm, I'm changed on the outside, but not really on the inside. Because the old man, the old nature, the old self can't be changed. It has to be redeemed. It has to be saved. And it can't be saved on its own. You ever try to do it? You ever try to just be good? You ever try to just do the right thing, in particular in your own strength? No, I'm going to do this, man. I'm committed. I'm going to do this, man. I know I can do it. Isn't that what Peter did? You know what that leads to? It leads to endless trips to the altar. (laughs) It's when the altar call goes by and the same person gets born again every week. And it's like, hold on, brother. You, no, no, you're in. You are in. You don't need to raise your hand no more. <laughs> God sees your heart. You need discipleship, brother. You need, you need discipleship. You're in. You're, you're with us. You're with us. It leads to someone who's trying harder and harder and harder, and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying, and it's like this spiral because you can't do it on your own. The old nature must be put into Christ. It has to be put to death. See, we're not, worried. We're, not, we're not trying to create religious people. We're trying to create disciples. We're trying to be disciples who have put the old nature and the old man to death in Christ. Romans 6.6, 6, write it down, says this. Turn there if you like. We know that our old sinful selves. Anybody got an old sinful self? Not the stuff that you used to do, but your nature. Those are the things that you maybe used to do, but sometimes you still think, boy, that's a hard one. Oh, Well, that's who I used to be, but I'm just thinking about that last night, you know. Sometimes we have to be careful when we talk about our old sin because we get excited about it. Sometimes I talk about, yeah, man, you know, we used to do this, and we used to, and we, and, all right, that's enough, that's enough. I don't want to glorify that. I don't want to give that, like, all this weight, and that's who I used to be. But that old man is dead, right? And because of that, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And then he says we are no longer slaves to sin because when the the old nature is not crucified in Christ, it's alive. And you might change on the outside, but your old nature is still the same. Christ didn't come to get us to change our behavior. He came to get us to change our heart and to crucify that old nature, which only he can do. So therefore, if we're not crucified in our heart, in Christ Jesus, then, slave, then sin will be our slave, or will be our master. Verse 7 says, of Romans 6, 7 says, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Therefore, we do not have to continue to sin, we don't, because... We've been born again, and our, our, our sinful nature has been crucified with Christ. We've died with him, so we're set free from the power of sin. So it's no longer, man, that's just how I am. It's no longer, that's just, that's the way I've always been. It's no longer that. It's no longer, well, I just can't control my mouth, or I have this sinful habit. Well, no one's perfect, but sin no longer it has dominion over us. And so we've been set free from the power of sin. And the power of sin ensnares people. It keeps them in sin. Well, they might be out for a little bit, but then they'll come right back. Because the power of sin hasn't been been broken in their lives, and only Christ can do that. And so here's the application, just out of verse (laughs) 2. The application is, I think it's a good idea to have a clean plate every night. I think it's a good idea to have a clean plate every night. Whenever you go to bed, before you go to bed, say, Lord, is there anything between you and I? I mean, have I offended you? Have I sinned in any way? Have I, have I, have I uh, sinned against somebody else? God, is there anything? Is there anything you want to say to me before? Hey, you may not get to sleep for a while. <laughs> the Lord may have you up for a bit. I think it's a good idea to have a clean plate every night. I also think it's a good idea to have an advocate. We talk about it all the time. An advocate is someone who comes to your side and someone who you will link arms with that will help you in your areas of weakness, just as you will help them in their areas of weakness. As iron sharpens iron, the Scripture says, so one man sharpens the countenance of another. Uh, Christianity is designed to make us right this way and to draw us near one another this way. It's a good idea to have an advocate. Let's look at verse 3 through 7 in Genesis 20. Okay, we're back where we were 20 years ago. Man, how did it happen? Verse 3, and and you know what's interesting is that sometimes if, if you've been tested in one area, and you haven't you haven't really learned everything that you need to learn in that area. Sometimes you get back you get tested again in that area until you until you learn what you and not not tempted but tested. Right? Look at verse verse three through seven says, but but God came to Abimelech. So this is this uh, Philistine king who we have no idea what he knows about the Lord or about Abraham. Okay, but, but, uh, but verse 2, Abram said to Sarah, his wife, she uh, said of Sarah, she is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Because even though she was, you know, 80, 80, at least 89 years old, at least, not maybe, not 90 yet, but she's, she's, she's there, maybe 90, 89, 90. Uh, he took Sarah. Now, verse 3, But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night and said to him, Behold, you are dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is married. Now, Abimelech had not come near her physically, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay a nation even though blameless? Isn't that an interesting question? We'll get back to that. Verse 5, Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother? In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this, and I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Verse 7, Now therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. That's extreme. This is serious. This is a pagan king. As far as we know, he has no relationship with God whatsoever. We don't know that. We just assume he doesn't. Why such extreme measures? Listen, Sarah is to be the bearer of the promised child. There is a covenant, there is a nation that will be birthed from her womb. And that nation will one day birth forth the Messiah. So if she messes around with Abimelech, it's going to be questionable who the daddy is. (laughs) Is this Abraham's child or is this Abimelech's child? This could be an attempt by Satan to arrange circumstances to substitute Abraham from the covenant promise. Remember, he tried it with Hagar. They go down to Egypt. He picks up an Egyptian handmaid. Sarah says, go into Hagar and have a child with her, and that child will be the promised child. The Lord says, no, that's not the promised child. But it will come from you, Abraham, and from Sarah. Hagar didn't work out, so... Listen, don't forget to keep your eyes open to the possibility of Satan's minions trying to deal in your life. Don't forget to keep your eyes open to the possibility of Satan's minions trying to deal in your life. Sometimes we just think it's circumstances. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I don't know about, I don't know, man, the devil, and I don't know about all that. No, it could be. Because he can arrange some circumstances all around us. And if, if, our, if our eyes aren't open to what's really happening, we get caught. You know, it's, it's that situation that you're in. That, that just, it's that person who, who from your past, who, who got in touch with you, like, out of nowhere. You think, where did they come from? I'm not saying they're demonically possessed, but they could be, they could be a, 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 an instrument of Satan in your life. It's that that situation that that you've overcome that all of a sudden it's just kind of out of nowhere. It's right in your face again. You think, ma'am. But in fact, it is satanically inspired temptation. Satanically inspired temptation. 2 Corinthians 2 says, don't be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. And I think sometimes there are things that Satan is behind the scenes pulling the strings and we don't know it. And we think it's just us or circumstances or fate or whatever. And you know what? We need to to be discerning. Hey, I would would not be looking for a demon under every rock, but I would be saying, hey, this could be. And and be prayerful about that. Be prayerful about that. Now, you know what this also shows me is that God is, is just absolutely in control. He is absolutely in control. Uh. He is in control over his creation. He can easily, easily move men and women to accomplish his will without ever violating their free will. Hear me. God can easily maneuver people to do his will without ever violating their free will. God has access to our minds. And he can influence us. This is a pagan king. God gives him a dream. This man ain't thinking about God. He thinking about Sarah. And God interrupts him uh, with a dream. Jacob has a dream, and God confirms his covenant with him. Solomon has a dream, and he's given wisdom and warning. The wise men who came from the east to see uh, the young man Jesus... Uh, were warned the baby were warned of Herod's evil plot and they went back another way than the way that they came. This man is a Philistine king, he's probably a heathen and look how easy God steers things his way because if God doesn't intervene, this is going to go the way that it goes in these days. She's your sister great. No she's mine now. and God intervenes. Proverbs twenty-one one. write that down. Proverbs 21, one says, The king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. <laughs> That's why you need to pray for your king, your president, your assemblymen, your, your your political leaders, because their heart, like channels of water, is in the hand of the Lord, and he can turn it wherever he wants to turn it. And so we pray that it would be turned to a godly influence and to, to a godly decisions. The agnostic says God created everything then stepped away and he's not involved in the affairs of men. This is someone who says, oh, "I believe that there's a God, but I just believe we can't identify him. I believe he's not involved in our life, that that he sort of, you know, he sort of wound the clock up, then he walked away." And so you can't you can't tell me that God's a personal God and God, you know, it's fate, it's chance, you know, it's whatever happened. No, now believe that God created everything but, but everything just goes the way it goes, and there's no purpose, and it's kind of random chance plus time. No, 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 no. Uh, God is all in involved in, in the affairs of man. And to say that God wants to influence men, but men won't let him, is to reduce him to a spectator, full of good intentions but lacking any power to see them through. God can see his plans through, and he will. He will. He will. I think it's interesting that King Abimelech speaks about his own integrity. Verse 6, then God said to him in a dream, yes, I know, or in verse 5 even, did he not, Abraham, say to me, she is my sister, and she herself said he is my brother. So now Sarah's involved in this. Because, you know, is he is he really your brother? Did you go, Yeah. <laughs> And so he speaks about his own integrity of heart and innocence of his hands. I've done this. Integrity, innocence, not bad for a pagan king. Listen, what he did wasn't right, but it was the custom of the Lamb. What would you expect from a pagan king? You know, I hear about things that people do that are not believers in Christ, things that they do in their marriage or things that they do on the job or things that, and I I don't, I don't, you know, why would, I, why would that bother me? They're not Christian. Why wouldn't they do that? Why, why would they be faithful in marriage? They're not, they're not Christian. Why, why wouldn't they? Fi- whatever. Why wouldn't they steal from the job? Why wouldn't they do this? I don't, ex- I don't expect Christian morals and, and virtue and values to be on people that are not believers. I don't expect that. I'm not shocked or surprised by that. But this one says, hey, listen. No, I I was, I was integrous. Uh, What he did wasn't right, but at least uh, uh, he didn't take, so he thought, a married woman. eh, She told me that that was her brother. What's wrong with that? I'm a pagan king. That's pretty good, right? So, so the, the, the morality of man. But look at what God says, though. Verse six, and God said to him in the dream, "Yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this. Uh, you you really thought that that she was uh, uh, the, the, the sister, but look, and I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I didn't, I did not let you touch her. Oh, see, no, 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 no. Abraham, he's going to act a fool." But guess what? You know, Abimelech's not going to touch her. Ever find yourself in a compromising situation that you got yourself into and you fully intended to sin, and the next thing you know, you were out of that situation, and you don't even know how it happened? You know, you're like, now wait a minute now. How did that happen? I have a friend of mine. You, you might know him. Miss Bell, but you know Spider Man. Michael. Everybody knows Spider. Michael Burns, long time Las Vegas cat, former UNLV Rebel. He wouldn't mind me sharing this. But there was a time in his life when he was. It was bad. He was going to die in the streets. He was. He was. He was going to be a statistic in the newspaper. And he had gone someplace because he was, you know, he was a drug addict and everything that goes along with that and, and he, he had gone into a house to get his drug of choice and, and there were all these people in this house right and he goes in and all of a sudden all these guys storm this house and start like with bats and start beating like, like, like severely injuring people And he is, like, his heart is about to jump out of his chest, and he thinks, "This is how I'm going to die. This is how I'm going to die." And he said he got up, and he just walked out the front door, and he just he just got out in the street, and then he sort of like came to himself and realized nothing happened to him, and he ran, and he ran, and he ran, and he ran. he ran, He kept on running. And all of that led to a 128-day evaluation later on in his life, where he was in Indian Springs prison, where they were trying to figure out what they're going to do with him, and and he had a Bible, and he started reading his Bible, and he gave, he gave his life to Jesus. And and he's 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 when you when you talk to a Spider now, it's not going to be long before he mentions Christ. <laughs> I mean, he'll share his testimony like 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 in in a drop. Like. Michael, share your testimony. Yeah, well, anyway, and just boom. You know, he's, he's pretty vocal. And, and how did he get out of that? I, I don't know. But maybe in your life, you, you know, there was a circumstance, and you and somehow you escaped it, and you don't know how that happened. And maybe it was just God. I know in my life there are circumstances where God was protecting me, where, where I thought about it later, and I thought, man, I can't believe I was even in that situation. How did I get out of that? And it was the grace of God. It was the grace of God. God does that. God does that. I mean, and he has his reasons. And and, and that's what's happening here. God says, listen, Abimelech, you ain't all that. I kept you from her. You don't know who she is. She's not where she's supposed to be. Neither is her husband. I kept you from that. That's powerful. Well, verse nine. Now we kind of Abraham is going to suffer another. Uh, this is probably the lowest of the low. The last one was low. This is probably lower. Okay. Then Abimelech called Abraham. <laughs> I wonder what Abraham's thinking. Uh, Abimelech, king Abimelech, wants to talk to you. He is not happy. Oh man. I mean, so that had to be a long walk, right? Or camel ride or however he got there. I don't know. Horse. Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What have you encountered that you have done this thing? And Abram said, uh, because I thought, surely there is no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, actually, sir, uh, King Abimelech, I'm adding that, she actually is my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife, which in those days was cool. We hadn't got to law Moses yet. We're good. You're thinking that's freaky. No, it's all right. It's all right. Verse 13, and came about. When God caused me to wander from my father's house, then I said to her, this is the kindness which you will show me. Everywhere we go, say to me, he's my brother. (laughs) And so whatever happens to you happens, but let's let's take care of me. Abimelech then, well, we'll, we'll get to that later. So he says, I want you to see this key word here. God caused me to wander from my father's house. That word is used 50 times in the Bible, and every time it's used, it's not good. So what's Abraham saying? You know, this is a result of God that I'm even in this mess because he's the one who caused me to wander. That word was used of animals that wandered away, of drunken men in their staggering state, of a sinful seduction, of prophets lying to their people, causing them to err, and and the path of a lying heart. Six other words in Hebrew are used for wander. Any one of those Abraham might have used, but he used, according to Barnhouse, the worst word available. And I think one of the worst fruit of sin is casting blame back on God. See, see, it came out when God caused me to wander from my father. Almost as if, you know what, between the lines, man, King Abimelech, I wouldn't even be here if God hadn't caused me to wander. And he doesn't use the right word, the good word. And so Barnhouse says this. Donald Barnhouse says, Abraham should have said, Forgive me, Abimelech, for dishonoring both you and my God. My selfish cowardice overwhelmed me, and I denied my God by fearing that he who called me could not take care of me. He is not as your gods of wood and stone. He is the God of glory. He is the living God, the creator, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. He told me he would be my shield and my exceeding great reward and supplier of all my needs. In sinning against him, I sinned against you. Forgive me, Abimelech Barnhouse says. That's what Abraham should have said. But he doesn't. What does he say? Well, you know, first of all, King, God made me wander. And second of all, she technically is, well, my, like my half-sister, so I didn't really lie, Abimelech. I'm just letting you know. <sighs> Has ever happened to you where you just said, well, no, wait wait a minute now. And, and, and I don't know, do you defend yourself like I do? Man, I get defensive fast. Someone says something I'm like, wait, no, hold on, wait a minute now. Well, what you don't know. And I feel like this need to defend myself. I, don't, I think the older I get, the more I defend myself. I don't think that's good. I don't think I don't I think I just need to shut up sometimes and just say, "Hey, you know what? I'm sorry you feel that way, but that's not the way it is, but hey, I'm sorry." And and you know, forgive me if I I'm like, "No, no, 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 wait a minute now, cuz like my honor's at stake, right? You offend me and my family." You know, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess that's pride, huh? I guess that's what that is. And see I know you guys don't struggle with this. I know you don't. Maybe it's just me. No, I'm serious. I'm serious serious man somebody questions me i get all like what fired up no 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 that it is no that it Uh, i don't hmm. see abraham said because i thought surely there's no fear of god in this place that they will kill me because of my wife but really someone said uh, david guzik the bible teacher said it wasn't there was no fear of god there was no fear of god in abraham at that place well this is um. let's finish up because it you feel bad for Abraham man I feel bad for you bro like you talk about a bad day hey Abraham how'd it go today not good not good not good at all you ever get rebuked by someone who's not a follower of Christ you know you're you're in the office and you're you know, like you're you're supposed to be the Christian guy or the Christian gal, and you got Christian stuff all over your office, and you know, and you're like standing for Christ, and you know, you come into the to the to the lounge, and everybody go, Shh, God, there they go you know? and 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 then and then you you have maybe you know maybe you 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 say a curse word under your breath, and they go, what? You know, guys, you you trying to live the you know, pretty girl walks by, and you'd be like, oh man, oh, right? <laughs> Like, well oh, wait a minute, I thought you no no because they're all googling God googling and guide and everything else but not but you can't do that and the minute you do it's like, see you're a hypocrite and they say, I thought you were a Christian man man I, I got rebuked by the donkey once I was a newer believer and 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 man, I just said something that was just I just shouldn't have said you know it, it, it was about a gal it wasn't like you know explicitly this that and the other, but you know I shouldn't have said it. And this guy, I was trying to reach, this guy had been had been hurt by the church, by, by what he had grown up, and he was he was kind of, like, distant. And I was trying to, he was a neighbor, I was trying to reach him. And I said something about a, a neighbor gal, and he looked at me like, what? Man, I thought you were a Christian. I went, ah! Oh. There's nothing worse than getting rebuked by, by someone who's not a follower of Christ. Man, I apologize all day long. I'm so sorry. I, I Ah, oh, man, I, yeah, gosh, man I, I wish I could take that back. That's, that's Abraham. He's like, yeah, okay, I blew it. I really messed up here, okay? Not to mention the fact that it's thousands of years later and people are still talking about it. It's an eternal word of God. Uh, the father of the faith being rebuked by a pagan king. Let me talk to you about grace as we close grace verse 14 through 18 abimelech then took sheep and oxen and male and female servants and gave them to abraham and restored his wife sarah to him And Abimelech said, "Behold, my land is before you. Settle wherever you please." And to Sarah he said, "Behold, I have given your brother." Isn't that interesting? Isn't that you, you caught that, Miss Linda? He doesn't say, "I've given your husband." He was and, and checking out. I've given your brother. And He probably went. That's how I would. I would have went. Your brother. I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, it is your vindication before all who are with you and before all men you are cleared. Uh, and, And Abraham prayed to God and God healed. Okay, wait a minute. No, Abraham, you don't get your prayers answered after that miserable failure. You totally blew it, man. No way. Now you going to pray to me and you think I'm going to answer your prayer? I'm just telling you what it says. Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maids so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the household of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Okay, now let's summarize. Abraham sinned, he lies, and he puts his wife in a vulnerable position. Right? Not to mention the covenant promise of God. (laughs) Okay, Abraham, there's a lot at stake here. Thousands of years later, Christ is going to be born, and you got your wife fooling around with Abimelech because you're afraid. And and he, he he yet he is protected, he's blessed, he's restored, and he's given power in prayer. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Sarah is spared, he's given sheep, oxen, servants, and a thousand pieces of silver. And he's given land. And the man says, just There's my land. Settle wherever you please. Just get out of my palace. No, I don't know. He didn't say that. He goes, go, just go. And and he's given all this stuff. And, and, And you know what? Grace is not getting what you deserve. I'm sorry. It's not getting what you don't deserve. An acronym for grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. I don't get it. I don't get it. But Abraham is God's man. God knew this was going to happen. And he gets blessed. Oh, there were consequences. That was a tough thing. I mean, imagine the conversation of Abraham and Sarah walking back to wherever they went. Uh, That had to be tough. Guys, I mean, you feeling me? That that, that had to be a tough conversation. Right? I mean, like, how many, um, are we going to go through this again? But I don't know. It's the second time you've just given me over to these pagan kings. I mean, it's a low point. But he comes out of it with more than what he went into it with. You know, there's a scripture that says that God will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Because the locusts come in and they devour everything. And yet the scripture says God will take all of that hurt, all that pain, all the sin, all your mess-ups, all the things that you're ashamed of, the things that you don't even want to talk about, the things that you feel guilty of, the things that you know were your fault, and the things that weren't even your fault, that, that God has a way of taking those things and turning them into something that's of good. And I don't know how he does it, but he does. Whether that's a testimony, like my friend Spider, all of that junk is an amazing testimony maybe it's things in my life that give me passion because i've stumbled through them the hard way and 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 i went over to delta academy today and there's a there's a young man who's over there he he wants to go to college and play basketball he's he's he, he plays on aau teams uh, you know he had videos online of him dunking and he looked like he had some hop and everything but guess what he's not in school right now he's at delta academy which is like that's like the last stop and after that they're done with you okay and they're doing everything they can to save lives and the principal's born again so he's got more in mind than just that and and this young man this young man you know you know asked man what what are you what are you how you going to go are you going go to are you gonna play basketball this year he goes well i haven't been released to play yet why not why well, i got injured well how did you get injured i got shot in the leg at a party that's not an injury <laughs> injury is tweaking your ankle. Getting shot at a party is not an injury. And 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 but 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 you know what? God can take that. And God can turn that around. And and imagine the testimony. But but he's at he this is this is it for him, you know? But I mean, God takes all that stuff and he can use it for his glory if we let him. If we let him. And and you know what? God can restore all the all the failures, all the the the, the, the the devouring of our past and the decisions and the hurt that we caused ourselves and we caused other people uh, that we didn't even care about back then, but it burdens us now. God can take all of that stuff and he can turn it around for good. and and And, and you'll go to Delta Academy and talk to some young man who's trying to get into college about what it means to take care of grades and not be in places or maybe there's something in your life that's a passion that's a result of a failure or or a a stumbling in your life or even a struggle you have now that you can share with others man that's our god and that's grace that's grace that's grace and so father we thank you for man we, we don't cast a stone lord we do not cast a stone we don't we're all a work in progress But we thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy that is poured out uh, on us um, daily, nightly, minute by minute. Lord, I just pray that 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 for anyone here who feels like, man, I have failed so much. I've messed up so much. I've I've hurt. So there's no way God could forgive me. There's no way God could take me back. There's no way God will receive me. And yet, Lord, that is everything that you sent Jesus for is to restore and to heal and to bring us back to a place where we uh, uh, don't deserve to be. Uh, we love you, Lord. And I, I just want to pray as we close tonight, if, if that's you and you resonate with the word tonight and you feel like, you know, I need I need salvation. I am I am only Christ can turn my my lemons into lemonade only christ could 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 change my heart my nature my inner man my inner woman and 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 not only that i i i do not want to be held responsible and guilty for every sin that i've ever done in my entire life and tonight you would say yes lord i need that if that's you would you raise your hand you would just say maybe it's your first time saying jesus that makes sense to me if you've never done it before and you say yes God I need that anyone at all anyone at all thank you brother amen brother in the back amen God you see the hands you see the hearts lord you see you see the everything that came with it God some uh, my brother might be rededicating saying god i want I want to live for you anew and afresh uh, someone else might be saying god i just I just want to proclaim it that I want to live for you Lord have your way lord would you Would you uh, lift us up and give us strength? We need it, and we thank you for it. We thank you for your grace, your riches, God's riches at Christ's expense. Um, keep Keep us, Lord, in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord bless you guys. Have a great week in Jesus. Great week in Jesus.